Welcome back to Noise Extra. I'm Gray Holger, here with my co-host Tara Connolly. Hi. And Mike Connolly. Hello. And today we listen to Dead Body Love, Maximum Dose, on Pure, or RRR Records, from 1996. Yeah, we are back in pure land. It has been a few months, I believe, since our last pure episode. I believe it was the Rend episode, if I'm not mistaken. I think so that's right. I think it's time to dig back into the pure catalog. And uh, I think this dead body love just just fit right. I We wanted some, something just pure... Harsh noise, and I think we got it. I think oh, uh, sure I think we got it. I think you're right there. This is so, a nasty one. It's really, really nasty. So we will get into maximum dose shortly. But Gray, what have you been listening to? Oh, let's see. Uh, I pulled out some old stuff and some new stuff. I got a new tape deck in the studio. And so I've been playing tapes in here. I normally play them on the handy cassette, but it's not always hooked up. This thing is now permanent fixture dual tape deck. Uh, so I listened to the newest skin crime tape, Stories and Studies of Strange Things. It is okay. awesome. All the skin crime tapes come out this this year, last year. Just they're all great, man. It's it's what a treat to be in a time where we get new skin crime tapes on a regular basis. Agreed. Uh, then I put on Jumping Tiger. The uh, demo mm. on hospital. I'd listened to the digital a handful of times, but I hadn't actually popped the tape in yet. So I threw the tape in. Sounds great. Uh, touching the paper, the uh, like Japanese porno. Oh. I assume it was from a porno pulp uh, with the stamp, the stamps on it. It looks so nice. We listened to it twice yesterday. <laughs> right on. It's a it's a <laughs> yeah, really we nice did release. Pull it off. That, you mean the paper on the tape, the tape paper? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's like it's like hundred year old. It's hundred year old paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And I know oh, that it's well, definitely yeah. not teletype paper because <laughs> I finally looked that up. Oh yeah. Then <laughs> uh, I jammed uh, Subclinic Molest Death on his own label, Corporation, and uh, we did a Subclinic Seven Inch some time ago for the Patreon. Yeah, and uh, just I picked up a couple of the tapes. I got the Cremator tape too. I haven't popped that one on, but I think that's a reissue of some stuff I already have. And after Subclinic, why not listen to Corpse's Catatonic, Sensitive Liberated Autistics on Necrophile. Perfect uh, post-mortem industrial, just wow, does all the things that I want it to do and need it to do and puts you in a necro zone. Bones crunching and rattling and slow oscillators and drones and cool tape keeping me in a little bit of the uh october zone and then I, I listened also to uh taint the untimely silence on sounds for consciousness rape and uh that one is really cavernous and nasty 90 96 i think right in the era of a lot of great taint records but uh, a little different stylistically not as sharp as some of the other stuff that came out around that time or crunchy well, you guys, what have you been listening to? Well, like Tara said, we did, and we we've been loving the Jumping Tiger all year mm -hmm. since it came out. But when you said you had just listened to it, it, it inspired us to go put it back on, and yeah, it's yeah. it really is. It's it's a, it's a top of the year for sure. 
And you know, today we accidentally woke up too early. Like, isn't that the worst when that happens? So I know, I know. So we threw on Moonbeam Terrors split with fist fuck. And that was very nice this morning. Uh, Something to really get your blood moving around. Moonbeam Terror good for when you wake up a little too early. Yeah. Some insomnia, some insomnia yeah. vibes. You wake up before double digits and you didn't want to. <laughs> so, you know, get, get it moving right. It is really good. It's a, it's a really good one. And actually similar, also similar to your zone, we listened to Skin Crime Lot number 249, which I believe was a year or two ago's Skin Crime tape. I think it was last year. I think it was 2019. I think it was last year. I grabbed that at the uh, Hospital Fest. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it, just like you're saying, it's 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 great to just constantly be having a lot of new skin crime. Of course, we have the stories and studies tape, as well as their tape on the computer murder this year. Uh, it's what what a time we live in. So we get to just get new skin crime all the time. <laughs> so certainly in that zone, and a lot of other stuff that we mention a lot. So you know, it's. A lot of things I'm sure shocking to everybody that we're listening to. I bet people can probably predict what maybe we were listening Being to. Being so predictable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, you know, we, we listen that way. Like when we get into a zone of something and we know we're doing an episode, that's just kind of like what we want to listen to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or just we get in zones for months and it becomes yeah. that thing that you just put on a lot. I might listen to eight tracks for like three days straight and nothing else. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So this dead body love leading up to this, of course, we did put on the lo-fi power carnage reissue. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, And then we put on maximum dose. Hey, in the interest of transparency, I have uh, reissued a dead body love CD and have plans to reissue uh, another dead body love release. Probably sometime next year. So, that might mean I'm a little biased, but I mean, if I, I like dead body love, <laughs> it's, <laughs> I mean, it's just that simple. So, uh, this might've been the first one that I, I don't know. This is such an easy one to get. Maybe the, the bloodless tape, but this one has been floating around in my CD collection for what feels like forever. Certainly. And, and of course, again, the, the beauty of pure is that these got out there and they were, you could you could take a chance. So certainly, this would have been one I would have gotten not knowing. You know, early on, the name was so crazy. Oh, absolutely! Got to go for this one, mm-hmm. and it is. It's as pure noise as as I remember. Loop heavy on the loops, so it's not total free. Noise. Yeah, definitely more loops than I had remembered. Yes, but it's that loop upon loop upon loop attacking each other that goes throughout the entire 60 minutes of this CD. And it is 60 minutes. It is a full noise CD. It's the maximum dose. (laughs) Also, (laughs) uh, you know, like this one enough that we named one of our Patreon tiers after it. And I know this has been in uh, both of our recent listings quite a few times on the show. So I think it makes sense. And uh, it is that 
use of loops and then obliterating them, but keeping them sort of present through the track that is really nice on this. And with injecting the pain, it, it really does just start like that. Like the high frequency kind of loop on this, it's this piercing, nasty mutating sound and interjecting all this like crunch and, and crumble and rumble with it is at intermittent points is really nice. And this one actually feels sort of the most, it's the shortest piece on it, but it also feels like the most, uh, not varied, but it doesn't settle into a place kind of as long as some of the other tracks do. This track would be a perfect seven inch. Like, cause it moves around a lot. It's so interesting. Like this absolutely makes me think of just like, Perfectly executed seven inch track. Oh, injecting the pain is the A side. Last five minutes of leech is the B side. <laughs> yeah. You're done. done. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's just that physical stutter that opens up this whole thing. And it's just the immediate dose. And it's it's up front and it's fast. It's speeding away. And the signals are breaking apart and attempting to put themselves back together. Then the noise undercurrent starts writing because you get this role, this this signal that really is that is what starts the whole thing off, and then the undercurrent mm-hmm. starts rising underneath, and the eruptions begin, and it's almost like a controlled demolition. Oh. I think that's a good way to sort of think of this whole album through a lot of its phases is these little explosions and interjections of noise within this loop structure. Cause there's usually a fairly strong framework of the track going or churning at some point until it gets completely obliterated, even with some surprising knockouts and dropouts and obliteration on, on the tracks, which is really nice. Um, yeah, I think that's a great, I think that's a great way to, to put it. I totally went, full I guess literal for injecting the pain like you're left alone in a hospital room nobody is around and all of a sudden your machines start beeping and you don't know what's going on and you try to call a nurse but nobody comes for you and there's just chaos and you have tons of uncertainty within you that's kind of what this first track feels like and I think even injecting the pain maximum dose there is a clinical feel to this first track and the album title. And it is that cold, that is it, that, that beginning sound. It is cold and it is mm-hmm. fast and it is churning and it is up front. Yeah, you get a lot of like that mechanical, industrial feeling. And even like the, the, the there's a good variation of highs, lows and mids uh, in all of these tracks. But I love the squeaks on this. They remind me of rubber gloves, you know, cracking of rubber gloves or like rubber on rubber, something vinyl, something shiny squeaking against itself, like maybe accidentally scraping two metal instruments against each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Very, very visceral. Yeah. And I mean, when I think of dead body love, you know, I do think of it being this, I guess, thinking of harsh noise or just maximum noise. Mm-hmm. Dead Body Love is one of those projects that I put in that 
category. And I think of Dead Body Love, it almost reminds more so than Japanese noise. It reminds me more of American stuff. It reminds me more of Richard Ramirez. It reminds me more of Slogan's noise. Yeah. It reminds me more of even the haters in a way. And I think the second track, there's something about it that reminds me of the haters. And maybe that's the loop, the loopiness of it. I get a haters feel yeah, like from a, that. almost swirling. Feel. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I generally, that's kind of what I think of. And, and, I, and I also just think of the just dirt encrusted Italian noise murder corporation. I mean, that's what I was going to say is to me, dead body love is like one of the quintessential Italian noise projects. It is Italian decisions. It is Italian style noise. It is maybe a more, uh, well, on reissues or listening on CD, some of the later releases, a little more hi-fi uh, affair than some of the other Italian stuff, like Throwing on Murder Corporation or something. But I think that the spirit and the sound and this kind of style is still very much there. It also reminds you, me you, of MB. Hmm. And so that might lend to my Italian, especially this what, last track, what? Leech. Really? Okay. And and what makes you, what gives you the feeling of high fineness? Because that's not a thing I think of when I think of dead body. Line. I guess not high fi, but the uh, expanded, well, more high fi than murder corporation. <laughs> sure. Sure. Okay. sure. Okay. That's, that's okay. what yeah. I'm meaning. I'm not saying yeah, yeah, it's yeah. high fi. That's the base. That's the yeah, base. Yeah, yeah. If we're, the base if we're like the comparison. <laughs> standard fidelity is murder corp. Then, then dead body love is high fi, but I'm not okay, saying fair, it's high fi. I'm saying that if you listen to some of the older tapes, yes, they sound closer even to the older Italian, you know, the eighties Italian stuff. Uh, but if you're listening to, to say this CD, it's got a wider frequency range and more present kind of vibe. There's a lot, the highs are even nastier and none of the bass is kind of muffled or toned down. I mean, I guess I just go with what he gave us with the term lo-fi power carnage. So I, I yes. think I just think I, in my mind, that's where I go. And and even this, I mean, this is, I, I, what I, I picture him in a room doing this for one hour, you know, and he's just, he sits down and hits record on the tape deck. In my mind, it's tape recorded to tape. It could be dat. I mean, it is nineties of course, but I, you know, and again, and, and maybe it is this this our view of of Italy via horror movies and whatnot. But mm -hmm. I go with one of those great old. I picture him in being in one of those great old Italian villas that you know <laughs> yeah, exactly. that they would have filmed. You know, burial. I picture him in the burial ground villa. Okay, <laughs> I, you know, like I, I, obviously that's that's I'm you know. I'm 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 stretching with my imagination, but that's is what I picture. I picture him in that basement with the, I picture him in the basement with the taxidermy of Beyond the Darkness and just <laughs> recording this and just being in that moment for an hour. Well, I think he does live around Florence, but you know maybe we should take a moment to introduce Dead Body Love and the mystery that is Dead Body Love. Um, we know it's Gabriele Giuliani. Uh, he's Italian, also known as Discordance, Drift, Oleoresin, Capsium. He's been active since about 1995. Um, and, and, you know, not a ton more because he doesn't do a lot of interviews and isn't, um, you know, 
open and present and revealing all the answers to our burning questions. Which, of course, we totally respect yeah, and it's is cool. cool because so we get to picture him yes. in the taxidermy basement from beyond the darkness exactly or, or wherever we need to and you know there is there are like little snippets from him which again made me think he lives in florence but that's you know 12 years ago so at this point who knows he might live next door and i still wouldn't know <laughs> <laughs> but i do uh, there is something that i appreciate about that in this age i mean obviously we do a weekly podcast where we dispense a lot of information and we dig up a lot of information but there is something exciting when there really isn't a ton of information. There's a ton of releases. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of. You got content art, to go on. A lot yeah, of content. Yeah. Art, yeah. And, and you can really go with your imagination because not a lot of it is laid out for you. So there is something nice about that. And I think you, you can really put your own feelings into dead body love, which I think is very powerful. And we also love the project drift. Oh, of course. I mean, I've I mean, Drift, Black sure. Line, one of, the great, one of the great CDs for sure. And so just a wealth of 90s noise, ambient sounds. Another morbid Italian for you. Yeah. Yeah. And we're grateful. Yeah. I mean, we even just grateful. look right, right at the name there. Of course, Dead Body Love did do a split with Atrax Morgue. <laughs> Worked with Slaughter a mm-hmm. lot. Yep. So it's just, it's a really, it's a, it's a project you can constantly revisit and get new feelings yeah. out of, which I think is. Audio th- side 95 on oh, Slaughter. And such great. Oh, so dude, good. what a great title. So Audio good. side 95. I love that <laughs> I title so much. And of course he ran the less than zero label out of Italy. Right. Mm-hmm. So. right. Yeah. Dead Body Love, Stand in Blood. You got Richard Ramirez, Contagious Orgasm, Drift, Atrax Morgue, Third Organ, Macronympha, uh, Death mm-hmm. Pile tape on on there, like Alb tape, Slogan tape. There's so much. Skin Crime Burn was on Less Than Zero. Uh, there's, there's you know, great and prolific label with plenty of stuff to dig into as well. Yeah, it's, I, it's amazing. I think of Third Organ when I listen to Maximum Dose, but because I'm the punishing highs, like the highs in here, just really um, shred your brain at some point. Well, especially when you get to so many ways to kill oh a man. My, my first thought was that the, it almost killed me. The, the the item on the top of that list of ways to kill a man is high frequency yeah. sound. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> many ways to kill my brain. It was yeah. The instinct is to turn it down, but. Don't, I will, do not. I actually, I'm going to go ahead and let everyone know I went to go turn it down and Tara <laughs> said, what are you doing? I'm like, I got, I have to turn this down a little bit. She goes, absolutely oh, you gotta not. You got to take it. She was adamant that we not turn it down. Well, so I did not turn it down, but I will admit, fully admit that I, not Tara, <laughs> thought and attempted to turn it down, and Tara scolded me, kind of made fun of me, and put me in my place. So I'm happy to say we did not turn it down. Well, I know those high tones can be really punishing for you, especially, you know, like if if anybody has like ringing in the ears or anything, that seriously, on this track, it it really hurts 
do not know what you're talking about. We have perfect hearing. <laughs> All of us have perfect hearing. Yeah. And yeah, everyone listening true. has perfect hearing. So It's true. Yeah. But dude, this is wild. My girlfriend was in the room during injecting the pain and left when So Many Ways to Kill a Man came on and retreated to the back of the house because the the absolute brutality on these highs. I mean, they are mm-hmm. nasty, nasally, uh, f- f- caustic, just uncomfortable high loop and it's it's piercing and then this sort of static crush comes in with it and ah, it's you're trying to fight off the highs and then you're given this sort of like moment of relief that just disappears again immediately like, like <laughs> here's what it could be nope here's nope here like it just keeps <laughs> there's no dipping safety. in and pulling back and this loop is is too much it's nuts. It's the blistering high tone pain shatters all concept of civility. This is <laughs> not civil. This is absolute uh-uh. just completely taking over. And yeah, those base frequencies kind of start making themselves known and attempt to fight and then they get knocked out again. But then there is a point. I mean, this is so, you know, injecting the pain is eight minutes long. And then these next two tracks are long. We got a 20 minute and then a 28 minute. Mm-hmm. So you got a while to, <laughs> to settle in yeah. to this. <laughs> and there is a point where they all come together and it becomes a rolling tumbleweed of barbed wire. And then you're just, you just, you just have to let it take over. And this to me, it, it's noise in the name of noise. I mean, this is just, this is noise. It's an industrial abattoir of noise. And I agree that what the loops do and the bass in this does give a, there is an industrial element to mm-hmm. this where, and and I think that when I said, I do think of, I think of Richard Ramirez in some ways, I don't think of industrial when I think of Richard Ramirez. So in that respect, it doesn't, that doesn't necessarily line up. I think it's more the overall, a palette of sounds and that mm-hmm. that make me that bring me to that but and just the the overall mass like this yes. feels heavy there's like so there's so much sonic information there that's yeah. just like abusing your ears yeah uh that sure i i would equate the two but it's a there's a loop heaviness but there's also a freedom to it so the loops do disappear and reappear and move and shift and don't stay still. So in a way that reminds me of Merzbau when he does that, when he introduces a loop and then pulls it away seconds later and then introduces another loop and then maybe reintroduces that first loop again for a little bit, but it's slightly different and then takes it away. And this goes on through this, through this track, but then around the last half of it, there is this thing that happens that to me it's a it's screeching to a halt for infinity so it, it what i was getting was it was like slamming the brakes to the metal almost like in a dream when you're slamming them but it's not stopping to me that was happening a lot and then that's where 
I thought of the haters and was thinking of the car crash loops that that, oh, he, yeah. that GX yeah. uses. And so that brought me to think of the haters. This absolutely sounds like brakes grinding. Like if you've ever gone too long with replacing your brake pads and, and you stop that horrible, horrible squeal that you get, that is just here, but drawn out for 10 minutes do you know what what sound we're talking about uh uh, yes and i i have (laughs) in the past not replaced the brakes soon enough on my car uh seriously we've all blown out some rotors i have it done as scraping feedback and brutal crunch and it's at the same time that you have these going on but it is it almost sounds like metal scraping it's so textured and and prickly almost and varied but it's obviously feedback. But I also hear, at least in my ear, some of that classic pitch shifter sound in there. That like boss, you know, PS2, PS3, whatever pitch shifter. And I I love it. Like it's, I think, responsible for the, the second portion of the first half of the track before it goes full bore. A lot of that kind of warping sound that's happening to it, I think, is is a pitch shifter play. It's really... Oh, you mean in, I was going to say until the 18 minute mark when it just explodes? I love the way this one ends. It, it just slowly peels back a couple of the layers and then it, it just sort of grinds itself to a halt. Yeah, it's so cool. And maybe the finally the brakes finally started working. And and actually I do have I have like it's not not so much the brake pads going out and the screeching, but one of the vans that I had at one point, the brake line was leaking. And so for the longest time, do you remember this? On the Econo line. So oh, for the longest this- time and this was when we were very young and dumb and should have yeah. just taken it in yeah. the first time yeah. you realized it. But you're like, oh, we'll figure it out. So I would keep filling the thing with brake fluid and then it would just it would work for two days and then it would start not working as well. And I'd have to push down so far on the brakes. This, I mean, obviously, I, this is I think this stupid, is the same young. van where the wheel flew off. I, you know, this is it. It it's either that way. I sometimes I get confused. There's a, a we could do a, a whole van podcast. Oh, for Lord. sure, all of us could actually. Oh yeah, we've Ray all has great van oh, stories. Van. <laughs> but but there is that. Got him real I, cheap. I, I don't. I can't forget the final straw when it just when I thought I was gonna fly through a red light uh-huh. and I was slamming on the brakes. Like, oh, obviously I have to take this in. Yeah. But I remember that feeling and that fear of slamming on the brakes and it not happening. And so still that, dream about it to this day. Yeah. So maybe in so many ways to come in, the brakes finally worked. The fluid finally went from the, you pumped it enough. It, it got some, got yeah, some tension in there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, wow. Uh, I was thinking of caked dirt and, and just crumbling dirt, like a whole mountain and you're poking at it with a stick and you think that you're going to like uncake something and it turns out there's nothing. It's just dirt. Just a whole dirt pile of dirty dirt. Yes. Dirty <laughs> crumbling dirt. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Absolute mud clods, clods, clodding off upon clods. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's that is reasonable imagery to have while listening to Dead Body Love. I think. How does that tie to the title, though? What? Are the, how many ways are there to kill a man? I mean, I know there's so many. Well, but- you can 
you can kill a man with high tones. You can kill a man <laughs> with cutting their brake line. Cutting their brake line. <laughs> um, scraping him against metal until it squeals. Um, got burying him in dirt clods. Uh, and then maybe like some like evil devil wind just blow him away. There's so many ways. There's well, so many ways. Well, would one of those ways be too much bloodletting from a leech? <laughs> it sure would be. We, ha- well, we have actually, graduated no. to official segue champions at this point. <laughs> uh, yes. You guys are segue champions. Actually, a, a leech wouldn't. Um, let your blood to the point that it would kill you. It does have anticoagulant properties, but you would not bleed to death via a leech, but maybe um, a barbaric doctor who was trying to drain your blood for sure. Right, right, right. Well, our third track here, Leech. Now, I think what's great about this whole CD is that each track is very distinct. Mm-hmm. And while yes. you things do come together in a way that unifies all three tracks. Each one starts very distinctly and Leech starts the most tense and low and open and almost quiet. And was this where you started thinking of MB? I think you need a subwoofer. Oh well. Oh well. <laughs> sure. Not, I'm not the. We're not the. We're not the. We're not the biggest bass enthusiasts. So uh, I don't know we've how had well. Subwoofers. Yeah, I don't know how we well just we would. Get, ap- we I don't know how much we'd appreciate it. I don't even know where that thing is. I did not find this quiet. This is. Well, uh, I, I guess. I guess. Well, that's why I. I think quiet maybe wasn't the right word. I, I, I regretted saying it when I said it. Quiet was not the word. It's more ominous. And I think that's where I said, why I was thinking low and tense. Yes. And low and tense. But I guess quiet, maybe, maybe I'm just comparing it to the opening <laughs> of so many ways to kill a man. Everything's yeah. quiet compared yeah, to that. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes. No, this, this is not cutting into you with a knife. Yeah. This is this like nice sine wave sounding rumble that that's just you know oscillating back and forth slowly and then i i hear it start clipping like the inputs being pushed and it's it's starting to distort at the top of the peaks on the sine waves and it sounds really good and yes this is the thing that i have this is the track that i have mb written in my notes for of course and what and what mb in particular were you thinking of or what couple albums what style of mb were you thinking of uh you know i i don't think that this one sounds like that because it's got drum machine a rhythm machine on it but uh activitat for some reason stuck out in my head and i think it was the sort of clipped distortion sound on this. Um, I wasn't specifically thinking of a particular MB record with this, but more that it was just in the style of or aligned with. Like I bet Gabriella was listening to MB or like, you know, obviously like likes MB. It's this feedback and distortion pushing like back and forth against this sort of oscillation that really gives this track a lot of its character through the first like quarter of it is just like it, it keeps breaking loose the feedback and the distortion keep coming out and then getting reined back in and we return to this sort of churning rhythmic sine wave thing. It's 
I mean, the crumble and tear is just. Oh, yeah. Definitely wrote those words. <laughs> I mean, it's just, I mean, this whole thing is crumbly. And I love that. Mm-hmm. I love crumbly noise. That's, that is, that to me is just, I could just live in that, mm-hmm. that crumbly noise. And it, throughout this whole CD and just throughout Dead Body Love, it's just that crumbly crumble. And yeah, I love it. I it, love it so much. Just constant destruction. Yeah. Noise upon noise. Relentless decomposure is what I wrote. (laughs) Like, especially this track, it's just different ways of relentlessly decomposing something. I found uh, like around the eight minute mark, the the sound kind of really breaks out and it gets super nasty. And then from from that point on, there's sort of a. I wrote down uh, Static Chaos Sword Fight as my notes for it, and maybe when listening to it, you know what I'm talking about. It's a loop, so it's not as chaotic, but the what the what it's a loop of just, it sounds like some kind of multiple person sword fight like you might see in a movie, like 10 people fighting with swords in a... In a hall or something and or it's like it's like it's like highlander it's it's basically <laughs> highlander noise yes but it's the, the way that things are hitting is all that it, the imagery it gave me is just like of, of metal clashing together like that with with great force on both ends and uh, it's it's a really cool part. <laughs> that's really funny because i wrote that it was a scarecrow powered motor uh on a truck with metal wheels driving on metal gravel okay yeah metal on metal we obviously (laughs) also have not gotten over scarecrows ever since the megaptura episode and scarecrow movies so we still got scarecrows on the mind i will not get over it uh (laughs) hey i think it's a great thing to constantly have in mind scarecrows are terrifying terrifying scarecrow that can drive a truck yes even more terrifying (laughs) (laughs) at night uh and to me, the the title of this track, Leech, was I found that sort of recurring modulation to be the suction of a leech. And it it kept taking me back to that sort of pressure and suction of having having your blood drained and maybe at different points it hurts differently. And that's what the changes changes in sound are. Leeches aren't that bad. I'd rather have a leech than a tick. Well, <laughs> why? What about leeches? And yeah, well, hey, you know what, Tara? Why? Okay, look. Uh, Leeches—they're really cool. Uh, they are segmented predatory worms, guys. Did you know leeches have three jaws? Three? Like so? Like in their mouth? Like do they have three mouths? Or they have uh, three? No, like three internal jaws with three rows of teeth. Um, and also they, their saliva has uh, a lot of interesting properties. So of course, you know, I wanted to take this opportunity to like read more about leeches because, you know, bloodletting is such a, a strange habit that we as humans used to have. It goes back thousands of years. There's documented cases of bloodletting at least 3000 years ago, maybe even more. Uh, and, and part of bloodletting, one would be like opening up your vein. The other would be using leeches. And leeches are still used to this day because of the interesting properties of their saliva. They have 
proteins and peptides that prevent blood clotting. They can improve circulation and prevent tissue death. So they can use... Uh, they can be used for people who have like diabetes and are risking amputation in their limbs. And so they add leeches to prevent further blood clotting and to increase the circulation in that tissue before it comes becomes necrotic. People with heart disease, uh, people going into cosmetic surgery and when they're going to like have trouble getting blood flow to the soft tissue, they'll add leeches and leeches saliva does its stuff to increase circulation. So, so does so does do leeches actually do they help with necrotic skin? Well, you, so once it's say, dead, say once you it's necrotic, a... it's gone. And once it's dead, oh, okay, it's gone. Okay. But what they do is their saliva can because it does thin the blood. They also have some things that make you not feel them. So that's why you know I'd prefer um, a a leech to a tick. Um, whereas you don't feel a tick, ticks can also leave behind a variety of diseases. Leeches don't have the same disease risk, especially not Lyme disease. And their saliva does prevent you from excessively feeling their bite. So ah, that's so <laughs> So why do they want my blood? They, well, that's what they eat. They eat blood. It is, <laughs> Sorry, it, they, they need it. And is, and, it, is it, do they eat any blood? Yeah, they do. Um, most of the stuff we use in medicine today are Hungarian and Swedish leeches. Isn't that fun? But it is still used in modern medicine. Yeah, this yeah is those not... are the things that you can use in modern medicine. And then if you wanted but, but something it... a little less creepy, um, they do use chemicals derived from leech saliva to create actual drugs uh, that treat varicose veins, that treat hypertension, hemorrhoids, and arthritis. I know, right? Do, Can you think of a more sensitive area to add a leech? Well, <laughs> that's yeah. why they made a chemical out of it. That's do, <laughs> but do what, so? Would they? Would this be used in a? I guess when I say in modern medicine, this this is not just specifically say a holistic doctor. This could be a yeah, no, your, normal doctor, your regular doctor, plastic surgeon. Yeah, absolutely. And Those, would they have leeches on hand or would it be more the distilled? No, they're specialized leeches and, you you know, they're they're ordered. And again, it has to be a, an approved breed, of course. And you want to and you want it to be a clinical leech so that you are sure that it's not, you know, been in contact with something that could be toxic, that could add bacteria, that could cause issues. Um, and since we're talking about leeches, I also thought of another fun thing that they use uh, kind of in, in similar along similar lines, which would be maggots are also used. Oh, well, you know what? Maybe I was thinking of maggots because mm -hmm. maggots do that thing where they they eat the product skin. They, yes, okay, I, so you I were was, definitely thinking I, you I didn't even when I talk about all these things. <laughs> I, did, I really this is what it's like at home. Yeah, I know. I know. You've said I did. I, I did. I, I so I was I was I was close. I mean, I I, you know, maggots are fascinating to me as well. Um, and uh, MDT is maggot debridement therapy. And that's where you introduce uh, maggots and they're generally green bottle fly maggots. You want to make sure it's the right one, because, again, you don't want to spread disease or germs unnecessarily. Um, but yeah, the maggots eat the necrotic skin. And this has been used also for centuries. Like even there are doctors in the Civil War, which would write papers saying that people were left on the battlefield with days 
with wounds that should have killed them because at the time, like our sanitation techniques weren't great. Uh, but once the maggots were introduced to the wound on the battlefield, they tend to survive more. Um, and, and the weird thing about that is that maggots inhibit and destroy a wide range of pathogenic pathogenic bacteria, including staph infections. So like a lot of people would die from staph infections, but maggots will actually destroy staph infections or uh, prevent them with their consumption is, of, you know, basically it's food. Isn't that wild? But that a lot of people, wild. like they've designed bandages now if they use maggots like in a wound, uh, they, they have bandages that hide them or put plastic film on them because maggots freak people out. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, fair, I, I mean, think. I, I yeah. remember the when I was in high school, mm-hmm. I went to take out the garbage that was in our garage so that would be where we would put the grocer stuff, yard type stuff. Mm-hmm. And I opened up the garbage can and it was the entire inside was covered in maggots. And I'll never forget the horror that I felt seeing that. And it we it was so, uh, I mean, you you know, we've all seen City of the Living Dead, the reign of maggots. Yeah, I was going to say, well, <laughs> as was, much as we love zombie movies. It was, yeah. it was just like that. And it was, oh. Yeah, they're wild. They can they can hop around too, man. Now. They're cuties. I, I don't mind maggots because they, they, again, leeches will leech onto us because we have blood in, in us. Uh, but maggots, you know, if, if you're not necrotic, if you're not a zombie, they generally don't want much to do with you. Now, let me ask Most you maggots, this. Most maggots, not all. I'm not, Tara, not all of them. <laughs> let me ask you this, Tara. As, <laughs> let me ask you this, Tara, as somebody who grew up in the country and in rural areas. Yep. Did you ever experience a scenario in a lake or a river or whatever where you did have leeches attached to you when you came out? That old trope. Um, I didn't get the leech. Uh, I've, I've, I've had a leech on me. Yes. I did it intentionally because I wanted to see what it felt like. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I've never accidentally gotten a leech. I've had plenty of ticks and other things, but I just wanted to see what the leech felt like. And and, and you said you don't really feel it. You don't feel anything. It's, it's like nothing. And if you want them off, like they get full, like they're, you know, those huge leeches and stand by me, like are, are, those are exceptionally large. Like, you know, usually they're going to be a lot smaller and once they're full, it just, you know, after a couple hours, they just let go. I uh, was thinking of that scene from stand by me. That was one of, of my favorite movies as a kid. And, uh, <laughs> there's no way to not, when I think of leeches, that's the first thing that pops in my head. Yeah. I I've never seen one in the wild that large. I don't, Maybe somebody lives in a place where they get leeches like that, but now, have usually you they're smaller. Ever experienced leeches in the wild, Gray? No. Why would I do that? Well, yeah, <laughs> obviously, and and as we state many times, the Connollys will not. There'll be no chance of us getting leached in the wild in our adult life. Probably not. No. Um. But I can't. I am. Yeah. I cannot see but that. But I ever did. Happening. Okay. So since we're on the subject, and we started me talking about cheese a couple episodes ago. I did want to add one. Uh, well, that, and that would be over on our Patreon. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's seven true. Over on our Patreon. Episodes. There has been some cheese talk. So anyone not over there is missing out on some deep, deep cheese talk. So, you know, you can't bring up Italians and maggots without bringing up Kazumarzu, 
which is maggot cheese from Sardinia. It's it's a specific type of cheese. It's generally made from sheep's milk. It's very much banned at this point because of the problem that occurs when you eat a live maggot. Um, these are cheese flies. They aren't, you know, bottle flies or the other types used to use for maggot therapy or other things. Um, it's a specific cheese fly that's introduced to a young ripening sheep's milk cheese. Uh, they're referred to as hoppers because the little buggers, um, you can find videos of it. They, they hop um, all up and down um, and they ripen the cheese. So some cheeses you can ripen with bacteria. These are ripened with maggots um, and it makes it soft and then you eat it on bread. Uh, and the whole deal is you want the maggots to be alive because if the maggots are dead, then um, it changes the fermentation and it becomes un unsafe to eat. So if you come across Kazumarzu or, um, oh, it's there's a few other names, Formaggio um, Punto and a, a few other things. Uh, if you come across it and all the maggots are dead and not wriggling, don't eat it. It's It becomes less safe at that point, even though it is like a black market cheese. Well, have, uh, you, have you ever had it? Uh, I have not had it. Uh, I have been offered this cheese, but the person who offered it to me, this was in France. I think the statute of limitations are over. I mean, I don't think... When it was offered to me in France, I didn't trust the source enough to consume it. Gotcha. Um, now... <laughs> yeah. And you know, you know what I mean? Like it was kind of like a, let's, let's gross out the American. And I, I didn't know if they were serious and I know that you can get sick from it. So, because the problem is if you eat it and the maggots alive and you accidentally eat the maggot part, um, it can it wreak havoc in your digest digestive tract, but there's a trick to eating it. What you do, you cut a piece off, you spread it on a piece of bread, uh, and then you put it in a paper bag. And they call them hoppers for a reason because they kind of hop around. So you can hear it in the bag and it's unsettling to hear this cheese. Um, and then you wait until the sound stops, like when the popcorn stops popping, and then you take it out and you eat it that way. Oh, my so goodness. So this track's kind of I mean, I think all of this fits this whole CD. I think I think if you listened to this CD and ate that maggoty cheese, yeah. it, it, it's it's the yeah. it's the eating equivalent of the audio that you're hearing. Just maggots molting in your cheese. But even but even this idea of leeches and medical use of leeches goes with maximum dose yes, and yes. injecting the pain. And there is this strange medical, but it's almost like modern to ancient medical. Yeah. And then everything in between and then mixing it all together. Yeah. It, it brings you to that, just like the fragility of our body, but also the, the weird things that our body can go through. Um, absolutely. You experience that in uh, dead body love. Like we really come to terms with uh, our own meaty natures. Absolutely. And, and what we can handle and our relentless decomposure and our vulnerability to violence. I think there are a lot of things to like in this last track where I like the entire disc and have listened to it far too many times, but this this whole piece being a 28 minute thing just going through these zones and breaking out and getting rained back in and breaking out and getting rained back in and even like a 15 minutes we get more of like the opening oscillation kind of thing real slow that that actually really reminded me of MB but then uh 
a few minutes later, this almost like dagger like sound stabbing into the base oscillation. And it's, it's really powerful. Like the cut ins are really nice and the bass sounds are really nice, but man, by the time we get to 24 minutes into this piece, we've got just four and a half minutes left. This becomes some of the best noise out there. Like this track does so much. There, there's some false ends kind of right before that where right. like mm-hmm. it stops and reverbs out. <laughs> that part was really cool and unexpected. And I I don't even know how to explain the last five minutes of this, this thing. Like it really has, it has all the things I want from dead body love. All of it is coagulated down into this five minute chunk of super potent maximum dose to me. That last five minutes is the maximum dose. It's all of the things that you've that you want from Dead Body Love. Yeah, this has a finale. Like- it really does, <laughs> and it is this finale where everything is this decomposition is all occurring at once, and everything's falling apart together. And yeah, there is that false ending where you almost think it's over, but then it continues, and it is this finale. And then there is one final eruption. Yeah, I wrote volcano at the end too. There is the final volcanic eruption, the last minute or so, that it is just maximum dose. Just like you said, it's just everything you've heard 59 minutes up to this point. It actually goes one step further for this last minute. Yeah, it's like that airplane taking off where you're just like, oh, my God, he's going to do it. He's yeah. going to do it. It's so exciting. Yeah. Like, the, really, that last, like, minute and a half is is thrilling yes. in this album. Yes. And then it just drops off and you're left with deafening silence because you've just had deafening noise for, 90, <laughs> for, for 60 minutes. And... Wow. It does make you go, you go, wow. Yeah. It's, it's, it's I defy it's, you to not say wow after that. Yeah. 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 And, oh man, but I know what you mean, Gray. This is, it's the, it's the distillation of dead body love. Yeah. That's that, that closing statement is really just too much. And like you said, put injecting the pain on a seven inch and I, I, I would throw this last chunk of this on it and you would have a powerhouse mm-hmm. right there. And yeah. uh, it's nice range of control and letting things. It, it isn't necessarily wild noise for a lot of it because it's so loop based, but the restraint and control and letting things break out and pulling them back in on display, I think is really nice. And I can picture like Connolly said him sitting in a basement somewhere in a room and just zoning and doing this. And you know, like lo-fi power carnage was recorded on one day. (laughs) It's like listed in the, the liner notes. Like it was recorded Mm -hmm. here. This might be the same kind of situation. Um, I don't think that that information is included on the disc. So we'll never know. But just another golden entry into the pure series. I think the next one we pick has to be real weird. Right. I mean, I feel like we've, I feel like this is out of a lot of the peers we've done. We've been, you know, we've looked, we've, we've got, we've looked at the Rend and the, and the Nord, some of the outliers and the stranger Mm -hmm. ones. And we did specifically want to do 
a classic noise project and a classic noise CD for the, when we had discussed what, what would the next pure CD we do be. And I think this just checked off all the boxes that we wanted to do. So of course that means next time we have got to throw a curveball and get into one of those weirder ones that, that are outside the box. But of course, if it's got the pure stamp on it, you know, it's going to be worth all of your time and you know we're going to be excited about it. So who knows what we dig into next. But I got a couple got ideas. A few, yeah, I got a few ideas. Yeah. But I'm really glad that we that we listened to this today and covered this in our journey through the pure catalog. And I think this is a good album to listen to as somebody who makes noise because it yes. it, it certainly shows a, a such a variety of sounds like lows, mids, highs, and just really like simple Move. things you can do yeah. to make something interesting. Because I movement, did, yeah, I never the, got bored for a no, second in this, and the, it's a twenty-eight minute track, and I don't get bored. Yeah. It's a twenty-minute track, and I don't even it like flies right by. It's yeah. so interesting. Movement and dynamics and nuance. Just great sonic composition, but also that really free, yep. loose feel of just something that's happening in a moment. Couldn't agree more. Noise <laughs> captured. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you, Dead Body Love. And of course, thank you, Ron, for everything you've done. Oh, not hell yeah. Not Thanks, just Ron. pure. I mean, come on. We wouldn't be here. So... Well, that I think about does it. We'll yeah, we'll uh, we'll dig into some more pure soon, and you can still get this one from Ron. I will link to his uh, Discogs End website if you're trying to stack up on some pure CDs. They are well worth the coin, and this one uh, might as well just put it in the section. You cannot go wrong. You've been listening to Noise Extra. Noise Extra is brought to you by Chondritic Sound, a home to noise artists for over 17 years, by Verdant Weapons, maker of quality contact microphones and noise devices, and by our Patreon supporters. You can find our Patreon at patreon.com slash noise extra, and your support really helps. You can find us on Instagram at noise extra, on the web at noiseextra.com, one E in those, and on Twitter at noise extra, with three A's at the end. Thank you for listening to us and to noise. Guys, do you want to know about the weirdest cheese I ever ate? It's one of the weirdest cheeses. This is called fromage four, and it means strong cheese. And in France, they'll just take like a crock and put little bits of cheese in it and then pour wine in it and then just keep adding cheese to it. This one's also fairly illegal if it's unpasteurized. Uh, and I had some. Um, who knows how long this had been fermenting in a vat with wine and cheeses. And it was scooped out. And when it hit my tongue... It made a sound. It went and like sizzled. And then it tasted like um, a corpse, like the strongest. So is it that corpse cheese that you got that one time that I was in <laughs> France? Or is this different? No, that cheese is known as the devil's butt plug. Uh, and Mike maybe put it on the windowsill. It uh, was a far, a far I so, love that cheese so much. It's hard to find so, in the U.S. insane. I've never smelled anything like uh, it. 
Uh, yeah, that cheese is so good. Uh, it's got tarragon in it, which cuts the kind of funk so that like it might smell really bad. But when you eat it, it's like it's got Hungarian paprika and tarragon and it's just smooshed together by hand. And then it ferments that way and it smells really bad. But the fromage fort, I would never bring it into our home or anywhere. Uh, it was the upper limits of what I could ever handle. It, it honestly kind of smelled like a dead body. A little bit. It was really, really wild. Um, but the fact that it sizzled when it hit my tongue, I was like, I'm done with this adventure. This is carbonated cheese. <laughs> Ooh, do you guys want to see a dead body? 